This is Wide Open with Chris Baran. All right, what's up, everybody? We are here for another one. Episode 20. Episode 20. Um, what's up, guys? Ready to do this? Living. Let's live it. Well, I, uh, I'm going to do this one a little neutral for you. I, I, didn't tell, I didn't tell the guys what we're going to talk about today. I said, hey, do you want in on the podcast? Well, Bubba, you have to be in because I have no <laughs> idea what the hell I'm doing on that thing. <laughs> and uh, Ryan said, of course, I'm yeah, down I, to party. I, I sprinted right over. Yep. So, okay, guys. I, went, I looked at the list that got submitted from a oh, bunch of the right. comments. Huge list. And um, one of the ones that got a lot of attention was, tell us about your elk story. So we're going to talk about some elk. Yeah, I haven't even heard it. I know. Well, it's been too busy. We've been talking about snowmobiles. That's right. You were sending me pictures. I did send you a picture, and the picture was, got it done. Got it done. But, man. I wasn't sure if that was you or Kinley that got it done. Well, <laughs> it's funny. For those of you who follow me on social, um, you guys know that my daughter is a way better elk caller than I am. Uh, and I sent the picture of, you know, myself and Kinley with the bull, uh, to quite a few of my close friends and, and one, of my buddy Jordan from mountain ops, he, uh, he texted back. He's like, did Kinley call it in? I'm like, no, but she could have. <laughs> uh, and so, but yeah, um, for those of you guys who don't know, I, uh, I have fallen very hard for, the uh, the sport of archery. Sometimes I think that's really your true passion. I'm telling you, it's I love. Like it's hard. To, it's hard to imagine you loving something more than snowmobiling, but it's kind of feeling like this hunting thing. Is well, it? I think the the coolest thing for me for the hunting side of things is it's something relatively new. It's newer for me. I mean, I've I have been hunting for quite a while, but. You know, snowmobiling, I've been snowmobiling all my life. I started hunting, uh, it's funny, my wife was giving me some crap. She's she's like, you know, when I met you, you didn't even own a gun. You weren't. Really? Yeah. I wasn't a hunter. Hmm. Uh, at all? Uh, not really. Not, not really. even a BB gun? Uh, I mean, I had <laughs> gone. Don't shoot your eye out. I had gone <laughs> hunting with my dad. Um, yeah. But my dad's definition, the only reason he went hunting was to take naps. <laughs> So here's, escape. so here's what hunting was for me as a kid. I could kind of see that. Go during rifle season, freeze your balls off, <laughs> walk to like somewhere where you like could kind of take a nap. He falls asleep and I'm just sitting there like, this is, this is stupid. What are we doing? This is boring. You know, and I was really big into soccer at the time uh, at a younger age. So, you know, I'm used to, like, just running around all day. And so I liked the, like, hiking part of it. And I liked being in the woods. That was cool. But, like, and you could see, like, my dad wanted to just come up there and get away from work mm -hmm. and just not that. work and yeah. be in the woods. And so him, his definition of hunting was relaxing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, when are we going to shoot something? Let's I, kill it. Like, let, that's what that's, I thought we were. <laughs> Especially as a kid, I mean. I thought we were anxious. hunting. That's the and thing. That's, that's a common misperception is it, you're hunting, not killing. Right? Yeah. And yeah. when I was younger, that's what, I mean, I just wanted to go out and kill something. But 
Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, that 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 little bit of work from the hunting part to the killing part, it's not a little bit of work. No, it's a it's lot of work. The whole difference. So so that's kind of like the history of and then so how it all kind of started to happen was um I lived in I was living at Krem- in Kremlin at the time, and you know Kremlin is a pretty awesome place for like it's Mecca, sportsman's paradise. That's says right. It right on the sign, so you know you could do anything: snowmobile, dirt bike, and then had some really good hunting. And I don't, I and I can't exactly remember, but I don't know. Maybe I've seen some videos, and you know, like like these elk bugling, and you're close, and I'm like, oh, this kind of looks fun. And so I literally, I I bought a tag. I borrowed a bow from somebody because I didn't have one. I borrowed a bow, shot it a couple times, could hit a target, and uh, then let's, I went. Let's, let's do it. Then I this? went bow hunting. Huh? What time frame was this? This was, I was probably like 20, probably. Oh, that young. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit later mm-hmm. in life. It, You know, I didn't get serious into it until, but, you know, those, those, that, those first years, it was like, you know, talk about, I'm like, whoa, this is way harder than mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. <laughs> we talked about that last podcast. Yeah. Um, and and so that's what made me fall in love with it is I sucked at it, and I wasn't good you at it, better. and I wanted to be good at what, it. Was there a person that inspired you, like one person that kind of like enlightened you on the whole like aura of hunting? And um, You know, at that time, I don't. I don't think so. There is definitely someone, and we'll talk about him as we go through. But, um, you know, one person that has is always in my mind whenever I think of hunting is my grandfather. And my grandfather is the whole reason that I got into snowmobiling and hunting. Like, so he had a cabin uh, up oh. outside of Kremlin yep. that we would be able to go to. And growing up in the city, I was a city kid. Mm-hmm. And when I got exposed to the mountains, I was like, whoa, so on. this is cool. Um, and so, you know, that's where I, I grew up learning to ride sleds and going with, my, you know, my grandfather, he was a successful hunter. He was a good hunter. And so when I think about, that those types of things like you know he was just a stud he was just one of those dudes like that i shoot i guess i want you know i wanted to be like him i mean he is yeah he was um and he was just he was just a mountain man you know and that that was yeah and i wasn't I wasn't at all. I was, I was a, I was a a twig. I was a city kid playing soccer soccer. with a pierced ear. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny because like where I grew up and a lot of people I grew up with, that's all we've ever known. But then when you look on social media nowadays and you like see hunting channels, whether it's mountain officer, um, you see these people that are getting into hunting now and it's becoming more of a thing where people are getting familiar with the mountains. And even with everyday life, you know, you see people moving into these mountain towns or towards the woods, like people want to be outdoors and providing and hunting and just doing these things. And so it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to see how, you know, especially for me, it's, it's getting 
big and you know we got to be careful because this podcast could literally end up being hours uh when you when you start (laughs) talking about hunting so and i just left the the dungeon and the first the last response on the last podcast that we launched on 18 was why not any hunting podcasts i said well here we go hold tight here (laughs) i ran over um and and so you know again i'd i'd like to tell you guys about uh you know my hunt for this year but i guess you know kind of just setting you up for how how it all came to be and you know i think the 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 most fun part for me and why i get so much enjoyment out of it is because it's so damn hard and to be successful and i say this and i joke about it all the time so now i'm shoot i've even like now I'm guiding, hunting, and so now I'm kind of turning it into a job. I'm like, okay, hold on. I got to be a little careful, careful here. here. Careful. Right. You know, this year Slow I down. guided more days than I hunted, which that's uh, – it didn't suck. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's it's you like it. – it's, it's, <laughs> it's 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 sucked. It would have sucked if I wouldn't have got an elk, right? <laughs> I True, mean, yeah. that would have really sucked. <laughs> but hey, I gave up for you, an elk for you. An elk for you, an elk for you, an elk for you, and then I try to cram, you know – three days of hunting that I normally, I mean, you know, I look back when I was really in my prime as far as like, I am going to put, I'm going to go all in and, you know, and this is where you asked me who I looked up to. Yeah. And so one of the people is, is Cameron Haynes and, you know, to, to look at him where he started, um, it's he's got a really cool story um and i joked about this in a podcast quite a while ago uh, the last book and probably the last book i have ever read from front to back uh besides dr seuss green eggs and ham was a classic cameron haynes's uh book and that and a buddy handed it to me and he said uh here read this be careful it's going to be expensive and i'm like what are you talking about and then yep He's right. Sure it, it ended up being expensive. <laughs> I and saw so, your closet the other day. <laughs> we Impressive. Don't, we don't talk about the Sitka no. closet, okay? I've got, gear periods. I've got Slide a problem. Addiction. Um, but so that, you know, Cameron was, he's, his story is, is awesome. Uh, you know, grew up not being able to afford to go hunting, sleeping in his truck. Uh, you know, and I think about all of the, all of his things that he had going, um, on the, his story in the hunting world. And I think back, I'm like, let's see, how many days do you think I slept in that 78 blazer in McCall, Idaho, when I was going to college? Cause I didn't want to spend money for a hotel because mm-hmm. I knew I was going to blow a belt that day. Mm-hmm. So I need to have enough money for a belt. And, you know, like, I'm like, you know, me and Cameron were walking similar paths, but in different industries. And so, um, you know, to, 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 and again, and this is how I have approached everything in my life is, you know, whether it be snowmobiling or hunting is if you want to be successful, uh, for me, I need to, a hundred percent commit. I can't go in halfway. We yeah. talk about that quite a bit. Don't yeah. We? Yeah. The, com- the commitment. And so, um, you know, and it's, and it's been, it's been incredibly fun, um, humbling, frustrating. I think there's a point during every time of the season where I'm literally telling myself like, I, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, you've been out in the woods for three days. 
uh, and you're you know, beat down. You're right? beat down. You've been sleeping in a tent, <laughs> no shower. Probably gets mental, right? Crap food, like, and like, you know, you're you're pushing your body to the absolute limit. And just like what we talk about from a physical standpoint, elk hunting can be one of those those really big demanding things. But from a mental standpoint, you know, and the, you know, I hunted public land for a long time. And so we'll get we'll get this is a part of, another part of the conversation we'll get to. We're not even going to get to the freaking part of where it killed the elk. There's too much <laughs> Episode stuff. Episode 21. There's yeah, a lot. There's it. a lot. But um and so as a as a public land hunter, learning how to bow hunt um you know, the only way to become a sex, a success, successful bow hunter is you have to have opportunities because you will fail. Like, I mean, every you, you're, you're outmatched in every way. Like the elk has the advantage. Uh, They're, they're stronger than you. They know the terrain better than you. Senses Um, are way faster than you. Yeah. uh, Yeah. They're smart. They can hear you. They can smell you from like, I mean, you have that wind swirl one time and you're like, uh Oh, and then Mm -hmm. they go up and bye-bye. And it sounds like an earthquake. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, and, okay. and so, you know, and, and, you know, imagine like, okay, so for the first two days, you know, and you got your 30 pound pack on you and you're, you're, you're not dr- drinking enough. You're not eating mm-hmm. enough and you're hiking these mountains and you're at altitude and you haven't even seen an elk. Yeah. That's trying. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You, and, and, and then, and then, so, and then you hear, then you hear the bugle. Oh my God. It's there's, game, there's one game on. And then you go, and then you totally screw it up. And then so from a mental, you know, and you're just like, you're so mentally defeated. I I mean, I can't can't describe how many times, you know, you're sitting on the side of a mountain as you just heard the crash of the elk busting you before you even got an opportunity, right? You just, you just. You're trying to get to your spot. You played it, you played it wrong or the wind or you just, I, for me, I rush, I rush it a lot. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a little too aggressive at some point. And so with all that being said, (laughs) that's what makes me love it so much, right, is not not even being a hunter just just listening to what you're describing and just watching your social media i feel like i i know what to do even though i don't do it i don't know it's exciting mm-hmm. it's just that just everything you described and it for me it relates to the snowbling side because it's that physical and mental fatigue and it's just like failing over and over but 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 wanting to be better yeah that's and what's exciting about it for me even though i haven't ever really done it and that's and that's really cool that you say that because the way you can relate is is so when you all and this is what is so empowering about shooting a mature bull elk with a freaking stick mm-hmm. is that you literally did everything right and or luck was on your side that time where it wasn't on the uh, previous 117 times that mm-hmm. it didn't work mm-hmm. and so the reward at the end of the struggles is like none I've ever experienced. And and I can see that. (laughs) So from a snowmobiling standpoint, you know, if you have, if you do that one line a day where you're just like, like everything, everything worked, came together and it worked. um, Those are very rewarding times. And I, I would say, you know, it's on the snowmobile side of things that happens a lot to me, right? Like I, I work, I work, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I work I work really hard on my craft and so I win the line a lot, right? And 
Um, but like from the elk side of things, it's just harder. Um, and there's, there's more against you perhaps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, it, and it's funny, you know, I have so many stories of, of times that, that, I mean, there's just like, it's, it's crazy. My mind just got flooded with so many cool emotions, whether, and it's not even, and this is the thing, like it is literally it has nothing to do about the kill. Nothing. It's about the experience. Totally. A hundred percent. From start to finish. From start to finish. And, and you know, we, we talked about that just a couple episodes back is, you know, one of the things that is so fun for me for hunting is like the sheer amount of work, preparation, time, money, effort spent to like even have a chance. Yeah. To maybe go see one. <laughs> right. Yeah. To hope you see one. Um, and so, you know, that's, that can be frustrating for some people, but you know, for me, I like I like that challenge. Um, but you know, when I when I talk about some of the emotions, um, you know, I've missed, like, full on missed more big bulls than I've shot, and um, you know, I can count literally like on two hands in twenty years of practicing how many times I've missed the target when you're just sitting there in your backyard shooting, right? Like. You don't miss. It's one of those things like you go sight in your <laughs> rifle or shooting your target with your bow. You're probably hitting it. Yeah, yeah. But you get out there. It is you get the shakes. Oh my gosh, it's different. I'll, I'll. I mean, see, this is. Uh, I, was, I got questions. Just I want to ask you too. I mean, this is. It's like, like, like your favorite hunting experience. I mean, what is yeah. it? Yeah, I and and favorite or or most, most rewarding, rem- most most memorable, hurtful, most memorable. You know, one that just literally popped in my head when we talk about you know missing the target, and you know I'm a person that I have I have shined in pressure situations throughout my life. That's what separates um, you from some And, others. you know, I think about, you know, riding snowmobile contests and X Games and, you know, these moments out in the backcountry filming for Slednecks where I, it could it was way easier for me to say, no way am I going to go hit that or no way do I want to jeopardize getting hurt to go do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in my mind, I had enough confidence to feel comfortable with with pushing that comfort zone and achieving those goals Mm -hmm. and so what's all funny about that right cool calm customer on the sled and one of these stories i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you about so this was this was probably seven or eight years ago same deal i got my i'm hunting public i got my backpack on the back uh and this particular morning, I heard this this herd uh, and this bull bugle, um, and they I knew where they were going. They were, you know, they generally start in the bottom and feed up. And I always joke like I have seen more elk butts in my life uh, than I, because I'm always behind <laughs> them. Right, you're always behind, you're always chasing, and and but you can't be ahead of them because the wind's going down in the morning. So they yep. really got it figured out, right? Yep. Um, and, but so this particular morning, I did everything right. I got in, I got ahead of the elk. I played the wind right, and they fed right across me. And I and I hadn't had a chance to actually see the bull. I had heard him, and I was I was literally like in the herd. And when you have the wind right, you can literally get away with murder, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you are in there with them, and they don't know. 
And I just did everything right that morning. And I hadn't seen the bull, hadn't seen the bull. And I'm like sitting on this little spot right on this bench and they're feeding right in front of me. And um, all of a sudden I, I see like the butt of the bull and he's chasing this cow in these trees. And he makes a turn and he reveals himself. And I, I get sweaty palms even. He was the biggest bull I have ever seen. Like That's literally so awesome. like he turned his head and his antlers hit his butt, mm. you know. And I was just like, it went from like, so I had been sitting there literally watching them for 10 minutes. Just relax. So, so, yeah, it went from like, dude, this is going to happen to all of a sudden oh. my heart was literally pounding and, and, out and of my chest. And you're like, this is shaking. It wasn't even shaking. It was like convulsing. <laughs> like I, I mean, you get like this full like, and you're a little cold because the breeze is down, mm-hmm. you know, down. Yeah. And I, and it just, I will never forget that feeling of like, <gasps> oh my yeah. god. And and it was so funny. Like the cow kind of started to like trot trot off, and he comes broadside at me, and I draw, and I. Didn't even look at a pin. I don't even know what the hell. I blacked out. I, you know, I was totally <laughs> Will Ferrell in old school. Like it, when he did the, yeah, the, anyway. Uh, and I just missed bigger than crap. I mean, the bull stopped broadside 50 yards. Uh, I mean, it was a drop in the bucket. And I literally just watched my arrow explode into the rocks behind him. And he looked at me, snickered and said, Sucker. Ooh, you had your shot. Bye-bye. We've all had those moments, too. Man. Biggest one ever? Oh, yeah. 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 And Bigger than the boy got this year? Yeah. Like, he was, you know, this bull this year. He was the unicorn, huh? This bull this year was awesome. I mean, I have, you know, it's one thing to see a six by seven, but then to be able to, to, you know, do everything right again, like we talked about. And, And so... We will we will tell the story of this year's bowl because I told you guys at the beginning we will. But you know this is this is kind of you know just forming it. But that that bowl was um, you know, and I think it's funny everyone just sparks out numbers. Oh yeah, he was a three sixty bowl. I'm like, okay, I mean, but this one was a three sixty bowl. He was huge. I mean, he was just one of those ones that, um, you know, it's like. Well, it made a person who excels under uh, those types of conditions turn into a pile of junk. <laughs> it's one and, of those things, too. And I, I don't see that very often. <laughs> it's one of those things that goes into the mental thing. Like, you have your shot, and you take that shot, and you miss. Yeah. Takes like, you to want to go back so and do it again is like. Yeah. And, and what's funny about that is, you know, if – if I could show you guys on a map where the hell I was and, you know, I had been out in the woods for two days and I ended up like at tree line and, you know, again, at that both mentally and physically exhausted point. And I could have, and it's funny to think about the, the, the mind, the, how different the mindset is if I would have hit him and killed him versus me missing, it would have been like, the joy of my life or the, I want to quit hunting and I want to like go home. The agony <laughs> of defeat. Except I'm at tree line, 2000 vertical feet of BS below me yeah. and my leg, I can't even feel my legs cause I'm tired yeah. and <laughs> been there. Oh yeah. I love bow hunting. Yeah, it's awesome. This is fun. <laughs> um, but you know, that, 
that is and what's so funny is like you know so many times throughout the season you know when when again you know i was hunting almost 20 days uh, a a year or you know 20 days a month of september and that's you know that's the only way that i've been able to be successful um i was trying to think about this the other day i think i have been able to harvest 12 bulls with my with my bow um and you know that's that's a, a pretty big accomplishment um and but i remember the misses way more than more than the not, hits not way more i mean i remember them all but the ones that stick with me are you know like that bull and um like i said i could i could i've missed more big bulls than i've shot which yeah i think that's most people <laughs> probably <Maybe. laughs> i mean Maybe. that's something that sticks with you forever yeah when so when you think about hunting like going into your bowl this year not specifically any hunt but what's your favorite part of hunting like what's your you know you you can go to camp you can you know be hiking through the woods and just be in the woods you can be full draw what's your favorite moment of the entire experience that's a great question um because it is when you say the full experience there is so much to it there's so much i mean we we talked about preparation uh last podcast um with sled season Mm -hmm. and i i it got me to dive into dude i start in april to prepare for elk season so that's april may june july august i prepare my body for five months to go chase elk around for a month right yeah yeah exactly for Mm -hmm. yeah for a month so i go as hard as i can for for five months to prep my body and get my equipment and everything dialed so i can hopefully get some of the variables i can control as good as possible Mm -hmm. so i enjoy that part of the process and then when it comes to the hunting you know then it's like you know, you're, you're surrounding yourself with people who share that same passion with you. I I like that part. You're in like, as Rob Kincaid would say, you're in God's country. Mm -hmm. You literally are in some of the most beautiful country, um, on this planet. Yeah. Sometimes you're walking and you're like, has anyone ever been here before? Yeah. I love saying that. And, and so, so there's that aspect that I love. And then, and then, you know, that's before you even have even seen an elk, heard an elk, had a potential, uh, you know, be full draw on an elk and then you get, uh, you know, get an elk, you get to harvest it and then you get to eat it. Right. Yeah. There's so many parts about it all. Uh, but if I, so I'm going to just answer the question. My favorite part about the entire thing is me getting that reward of all the preparation. Mm-hmm. And that's not the kill. It is me putting myself in the right position to hear that first bugle. I, lo- I I'm like, I, I love, I love to hear like that happen. Yeah. I, I have now given myself a chance to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And we talk about like, Bubba, you know, like how many, so my goal as a hunter is I, want to see an elk every day Mm -hmm. and that is a very lofty goal for a lot of people um but 
I, that's what I love so much about the preparation side. Uh, you know, they have so many cool tools now with Onyx and all these things where you can literally study, um, uh, maps prior to getting there and, or mark waypoints in the previous years of hunting. It's so cool to look at like my tracks from the last, how many ever, um, I, you know, I totally is fun. Uh, Kyle came out and hunted and, you know, I was guiding this year, but he's like, man, I have nowhere, no idea where to go. I'm like, download this map. I'm going to give you two points. The elk will be coming up through here pretty much every morning. Go get one. And, you know, and, we, saw some elk and we talked about that afterwards and he's like, dude, you have been in there a lot. How did you know all that stuff? And, and, you know, all, that's again, a part of the process that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that comes with getting your ass handed to you and having multiple days of never seeing an elk because you're right behind them or in there in the next valley. And then you want to quit hunting again. Yeah. I mean, it, it like, and this is what's so I love another part of it. I love is, you know, it's just like the anticipation for riding sleds the first day. day. You're just like so amped. And then you're like, okay, I'm on a trail. And I, I wish I could go there, but I can't. And then, so you're opening, right? And you go out there and the elk aren't bugling yet. And then you just realized you're just walking around with your bow in your hand. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like a hike in the woods with, yeah. a, with <laughs> a bow or a rifle, right? It's very difficult to shoot an elk with your bow when they're not talking or you have no idea where they are. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Yeah. And so it's funny how that big roller coaster of emotion like dude we're doing it and then you like you get that first day like okay yep i remember this is hard you wake up at the crack of dawn and (laughs) pretty soon you're five miles in and huh i haven't seen a track it's nothing fresh no fresh uh, sign it's pretty quiet (laughs) (laughs) maybe i should Uh, just bugle one time and it's like well no they're not they're not even riding like they're not here and so um but you know that so as far as as far as my like I love just being able to say that I'm prepared I'm ready um because if you if you if you set that expectation of like you said full draw and I I like that I'm like oh man dude if you're at full draw it's about to happen like Mm -hmm. you're like you've done a lot of things right but if you set yourself up like if that's your favorite part you're going to be let down a lot Mm um you know the the they say the the average is 10% with a bow, uh, percentage of success. Success. Yeah. 10% is not that great. That's not that Not even close, really that I close think to I passing. I probably would have stopped snowmobiling if I got 10%. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's. Um, well, it's really all about preparedness and setting expectations, right? Yeah. That's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess. And I, it's fun. It's fun to do that, I find, as well, which sure. is what we talked about in the last podcast. Well, and I think that's what It's cool to hear you talk about that with hunting. Yeah, and I guess, you know, like Ryan's not a hunter, but as he's listening to these things, it's very easy for you to relate it to snowmobiling. Oh, that's all I'm thinking about in my head. It's like, this is the same stuff. It's the same, and yeah. that's, and I guess... And I could get excited about it, even though I haven't, yeah. because of that. Just knowing the feelings I have from snowmobiling being able to relate it to what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and, and and one of the things that is is probably why I love hunting so much is because there are so many similarities for sure. I can um, see that now. I can see that now more than ever. Yeah. Actually, after talking about this. And and so to take that even an, an extra step for all you guys who are elk hunters out there, it's 
how many, and this is, this happens to me a lot. And I, every time I do, I just literally laugh, you know, I'll go through, I posted a pretty, pretty funny video this morning of, uh, just, just a, a jerk line I did. And I was in some junk and crap. And as I was like, you know, finding the cover shot for Instagram, I was going slow. I noticed a tree, there was an elk rub. I, this happens all the time. I will get I will be going through like Narville and I will stop on edge and I'm breathing hard and I'll look over and I'm like, you just got to follow the elk, dude. This is where they they like it. And, and, but, but so that, so that's one aspect of that. So like, yeah, they love being in this, you know, steep, dark timber country where they feel safe. But I'm also the, I was able to stop because I, it's, to be a successful tree rider, you have to be able to read the terrain and find these natural benches where you can um, use that to get momentum and gain mm-hmm. gain speed. Okay, so elk are no different. In the mornings, they are down in the bottom where they went and got water, and mm-hmm. they're feeding, and they're going back up into the high country to their bedding grounds where they feel right on steep north-facing slopes, yep. the definition of what us snowmobilers live for, okay? Yep. So the way that they make it from the bottom to the top is no different than how I approach every single hill, and that is the path of least resistance with the goal being the top. Using the terrain to your advantage. Using the terrain. And so can we go straight up the hill? Can an elk walk straight up the hill? Yeah, sure, sure. can. But, they, I mean, it's no different than us. I, it's like there is a chance that it's not going to go as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're constantly going at an angle and side hilling and then, you know, looking for that. Oh, there's another one, right? And it's so funny as I'm elk hunting, like literally just laughing to myself. I'm like, man, this is like, you know, it is steep here and steep here. And I'm on this perfect little Here's bench. Yeah. And it's, I'm just. So when I'm snowmobiling, I'm literally just pretending I'm hunting and I'm following elk around. And <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Insert Kyle, some of Kyle Kyle's, uh, uh, you know, videos. He was, it's no wonder he was having a hard time finding elk. <laughs> they ain't going to be in there, dude. No one wants to be no in there. No one wants to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that, yeah, that, um, okay. So let's fast forward to this year. Okay. Let's talk about that. And then that will kind of, I mean, we can do about 27 podcasts about hunting, which I think we need to, we need yeah. to do some more, but let's talk about this year. So this year, full, full draw with Chris Brandt, full, oh, good job, Brian, mm-hmm. master of names. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- the, so this year I, uh, I guided at Bear Mountain. Uh, so again, uh, I've been doing this for, this is my four. four? Fourth year. Feels like four. Yeah. My fourth year um, guiding at Bear Mountain. And um, as a part of the deal, like when as a as a guide there, I get the opportunity to hunt there. Now, Bear Mountain is is private property, um, but it's surrounded by public and a couple other little private spots. So, so it's not like it's high fence. It's open range. The elk can go wherever the heck they want. But... Um, Throughout the history of the world, um, this is just one of those natural places that the elk um, have come to know as um, as good grounds for them to live. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. and it's just like you know, there are magic circles that always get snow. Mm. They just yeah. always get snow. Rabbiters, right? They always get snow. 
And so this is just one of those examples of the elk like it here. They have the ability to go somewhere else. Really yeah, right? yeah. But this is, uh, again, just one of those magic circles where the elk like to hang. And so I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, so Brad Propes from Bear Mountain Av Outfitters, he were buddies. He knew I was a hunter and he kind of got in a bind and asked if I could help guide. And I was like, I guess okay. so. I really don't know the terrain or anything. He's like, oh, you'll be fine. I'll show you a couple things and you'll be good. And so Sounds I was like, us. I was pretty nervous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You'll be fine. I was pretty nervous of it. Um, but there, there's just so many elk on the property that. Was like, it overwhelming? Uh, it makes it harder than you think huh. because, it, and it's so funny, like so to hear, you know, people, they hear private and you think that elk are just on a leash. That's kind of what and I and think. And you just like, show up and shoot them. They're like born and raised there and fed <laughs> like monster elk. Yeah. That's in. Which it, is a thing. That is yeah, a but. thing. But that's not this thing. It's again, it's just one of those places that the elk like to be. They've, they've been there. Um, and so, to experience having that and again you know this is me after you know hunting public land for close to 20, 20 years, years i i looked at this as a like oh my god I, this is a really good opportunity for me to become an even better hunter because the only thing that makes you a successful hunter is is your failures and learning from those failures and having opportunities to get it done Throughout the season, if you only see a handful of elk and you mess up those opportunities, you got two opportunities to learn from what you did and be and like try to be better next time. You know, at Bear Mountain, you have an opportunity every single time you go out to be an elk. Yeah. And and so I experienced that and I said, "Whoa, I need to like do this." Yeah. And so um, you know, and, and guiding and hunting is a lot different. Um, the first couple years was extremely hard for me to be a guide because I'm a hunter first and, and you I want to go, right. And yeah, I want to go. And I'm like, how, why, what, oh, come on. why didn't that work? And you know, well, they didn't draw at the right time or, you know, he moved when he shouldn't have moved and, you know, all so, of these. So much like <laughs> snowmobiling. And I didn't think of this until now. You're actually teaching them when and how and what to do and yeah yeah and because i'm thinking in my mind and uh, after all these years like you're taking some people out to know what's up and you're just kind of trying to get them to the elk but you're you're really instructing yeah 100 percent. Yeah. yeah and and you know some are good hunters that have a lot of experience and some are not but want to get and that's what's so cool about like it's I mean it's the same thing that we do right I mean we take someone who maybe doesn't have as much time uh, that they can put into the sport and so they want to come to the pros first and like learn mm -hmm. and that's what exactly that's what, what some of these people are doing too is like so how do I do this like when do I call what to like where do I stand where how do we get in all like all, all of these things so that's yeah. a lot of fun um, to and and that's the one thing there's so many more variables in elk hunting than snowmobiling in my opinion and so which makes it like you never have the correct answer and this is what is so hilarious to me i was having this conversation with uh, one of my buddies and his son that i guided this year is i'm like so so i'm going to explain to you guys how ridiculous it is right now 
we know where the elk are literally right now. And we know exactly where they're going to go. And we still can't, can't kill them. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that is, that to me. When you put it that way, it's kind of funny. It's funny. It's, it's funny. It's humbling. It's like. Mother nature. And that's why, again. She wins. Why it is so rewarding when you um, when you when, you, when you succeed when yeah. you do it and when, when you even have the chance to like draw yeah. draw yeah you know yeah so okay here's what I'm gonna do is we're gonna this is gonna have to be a part two okay so because I haven't even got to talk about the the actual the actual and I don't want to rush it and I want to I want um so we're gonna do a part two so but so to to kind of cap some things off, this has been a, a great way to kind of set the stage of why I like bow hunting, why it's become a very big part of my life. Um, you know, the trials and tribulations of guiding has been tough. Like this year, I ended up guiding more than I hunted, which I didn't like that. Um, so, you know, I need to make some changes there. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the end, it ended up, well, damn, now this is a freaking job. Like I, and again, it's not that I didn't like it as far, you know, I still enjoyed my times guiding and I still learned and guiding, you learn a lot. Um, but now you'll have me and Bubba both after you when you're, <laughs> <laughs> unless you drag us along. Oh man. And, and, and so, th- and then this, you know, and, and I guess to, to kind of set us up for the next, for the next story, for the next podcast is, you know, I literally thought it wasn't going to happen this year because I I hadn't even hunted. The conditions were tough. The wind was like, it, it was just, there was a lot of cards stacked against me and it literally just all fell together. At and the last second. At right? the last second, yeah. I mean, like literally a day before the season, or two days before the season ended and just one of those things where it's not, exactly how I would have hunted it if I wouldn't have just put a little pressure on myself like dude if if you don't try something different this isn't going to happen and I did and (laughs) I can't wait to tell you the story because it's like one of those it was just I mean I I, I'm smirking just thinking about how yeah, it, I don't even know how it all. Well, I really now have you no won't idea. Know until the next <laughs> one, Ryan. But so I guess um, expectations. I remember you texted me and told me, and I was like, Tyson, yeah. that's pretty rad. It's well, and I mean, not the ideal thing, like you said, but you know what's I? You know what I think is the most challenging part. One of one of the challenging parts about hunting is, like for me. I have had uh, just a few of those years where I didn't get an elk and mentally I was so pissed off and defeated because I did, I put all the work in, but I didn't get the reward. And when you do that, then that make like, that sucks. Right. Um, I either, you know, failed too many times and didn't give myself the opportunity or, you know, um, I've hit a couple that they didn't die. And that's like about as, as bad as as it can get. Um, you know, you want to do that serve, you owe that service to the animal to, to harvest it. You know, we're not out there just to wound, to wound. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. And the most ethical way possible you want it to be quick of course um and so you know again i've been fortunate on 
you know, being able to harvest a lot, but you know, those ones where it didn't go right, those suck and, um, you just got to learn from it. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, going back is it is uh, this, and this is how we're going to end it. Elk hunting for me is the most rewarding, most frustrating, most humbling experience that I've got to do in my life and is why I enjoy it. And it's why we'll have some topics, um, to talk about in the future because, and the cool thing is like we've discussed in this one is it all relates to my, my number one passion in my life, which is snowmobiling. That's how it feels for me. What you just said, the snowmobiling for me, there's those days where you're just, what am I doing? Yeah. So that, here we are. Yep. (laughs) And, and, and that's, and so, um, I hope you guys enjoyed kind of the setup of, uh, of elk hunting for me and uh we'll shoot uh we'll shoot part two here and we'll uh it'll it'll be another time where it i guarantee at the end of it we'll be like i'm sorry i know we were gonna <laughs> talk about this we haven't got to it yet but we will but that's no, that's how it goes when you're talking about hunting it just there's a lot of stories there's a lot of stories and so i i promise you we'll talk about um uh 2020 archery elk and then i'm sure that will spawn into some uh some epic stories of from the past. Number one favorite item hunting that you carry with you. Um, and I wouldn't say I carry it with me, but the and this is no different than if you asked that question for me on the snowmobile side of things. Um, so having the right gear for any situation, and so on the snowmobile side of things, you know, I climb. Uh, right, no bad days. That's right. I wear Sika, and I have literally seen every type of weather. That and you know, and again, when you're beat down mentally, physically, and you're relying on all of this this gear to like literally, you know, it's a life or death deal. Can yeah. be. Um, I love, I love the Sika. Like it gives me the confidence to literally like grab my backpack say i love you family i'm going out in the woods for three days by myself um i hope i bring back an animal Mm -hmm. good yeah i was curious that's cool cool all right guys thanks for tuning in today um i promise i'll finish the story uh next week all right see you guys thanks everyone